Charlie Brown? He's doing the chop, baby! Oh, no! What is this, 1984? I just rambled for 20 minutes and deleted it. Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, starts now. Hello from the Dire Prime Studio in Nitro, West Virginia. This is Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. I'm Josh Witt. Off-season episode 18. Follow me on Instagram at UnreasonableDoubtWV. Twitter. Tweeting on Twitter. Find those tweets at I'm Josh Witt. Twitter. Facebook, you know? How about that Facebook? There's a podcast page for Unreasonable Doubt on Facebook. Find it, hit the blue thumb, follow the podcast there. Unreasonable Doubt has merchandise, logo on t-shirts and whatnots. There's a link to what I just described in the show notes. Check it out. Did a, I told you I was tweeting tweets on Twitter, sent a tweet, hey, People, what do you want me to talk about on this week's episode? I basically did a listener's choice. And you know what? And I and you know, that intro was talking about how this is about a, about basketball. I gave options besides basketball. And yet, for that small select few that responded to that uh listener's choice, you said you wanted me to talk about basketball. <laughs> So I'm going to do it. And so that means double player profile in preparation for the 2020-2021 season. Next up, and we're going this season from this offseason from shortest guy to tallest guy on the team. So if you want to listen to player profiles of guys shorter than the gentleman I'm talking about today, then listen to past episodes for that. Let's start with Kedrian Johnson. I hope his name is Kedrian. Kedrian? Kedrian. I apologize to Mr. Johnson. He's new to the team. He's six foot three. He's from Texas. He spent last year at junior college. And he was awesome at junior college. Temple Junior College in Texas. His stat line, 26 points a game. Four steals a game. Apparently... Uh, Temple Junior College likes to run up and down, play full court defense. Four steals a game. Good shooter in junior college, 38% from three, which would, by leaps and bounds, lead the WVU team based on last year's stats. I looked at his YouTube highlights, and let's be clear, there's no lowlights there's no lowlights on YouTube, only highlights of guys. And who would want to look at the lowlights? But basically, the highlights, uh, Johnson, he drives to the basket and could get to the basket. And because he could get to the basket, guys gave him a little bit of space, and that space was given, and he shot threes and did it at a 38% clip. So... That's good. Of course, the highlights. Kedrian Johnson looked amazing. 
And so he's with WVU this year. He's got two years of eligibility. Now, how well is he going to do? I have no idea. I've only seen his highlights on YouTube. A few minutes of them. Other people that pay attention to college basketball more than I do, they have Johnson in the starting lineup. Like, first year in the program, starter, two-guard, beside Deuce McBride. Number one, I don't know if Deuce is going to start because I don't know what Huggins is going to do. Didn't start McBride hardly at all last year. But let's give the starting point guard spot to Deuce. Other people that could say, hey, I'm a starter, Jordan McCabe. Why? He started lots of games. Taz Sherman, Shot Robot, guys who have been in the program. This is not their first time around. This is their second time around. So maybe one of them would start over Johnson. It doesn't matter, really. If Huggins plays the style that he played last year, then everybody's going to get around, you know, 20 minutes a game. But let's let's talk about Huggins-era guards that have come to WVU from the junior college arena, okay? And I'm I'm doing this breakdown to show the difference between year one and year two, right? Because typically, guys from junior college, they have two years of eligibility. So let's go through the list of famous Huggins-era junior college guards. Start with one of my favorites, Casey Mitchell. His first year was the 2010 Final Four team. His first season, four points a game in eight minutes per game. Second season, 14 points per game in 24 minutes. Major jump. Tariq Phillip came from junior college. First season, four points a game, 14 minutes. Second season, nine points per game. In 22 minutes, average. Big jump. Jay Sean Page, first season from junior college to WVU, six points per game in 13 minutes. Second season, 14 points per game in 23 minutes per game. Matter of fact, Jay Sean, that second year, his senior year, he was the leading scorer for the team and he was coming off of the bench. Sixth man led the team in scoring, Jay Sean Page. Tavon Myers, he came from junior college. First season, two and a half points per game in nine minutes. Second season, six points per game in 13 minutes. Not as big of a jump, but a jump nevertheless. Most recent example, Jermaine Haley. Spent a season at junior college before his two years at WVU. He came in and started, and he did seven points per game in 25 minutes. His second season, nine points per game in 24 minutes per game. So out of those guys, and all those guys you would consider successful WBU guards that came from junior college, like all of those guys were successful. I mean, Tavon Myers, you hear his stats like, was he successful? Well, he's, he's getting paid to play professional basketball overseas so he had the talent and he did improve but 
Of those guys I just mentioned, only Jermaine Haley came in and started a substantial number of games in his first season. So history is against Johnson starting. But all those guys, the jump was substantial in the second season. So Huggins has had success with junior college guards, especially in their second season. And so that's a great transition into the second player profile. Shot robot, Sean McNeil. Six foot three, as tall as Kedrian. Junior from Kentucky. His first season with WVU was last year. He came from junior college. So if I'm still doing this podcast in a few years and I go through the list of junior college guards, Sean McNeil will be one of them. And so listen to Sean McNeil's first year stats. Five and a half points per game in 15 minutes. So that sounds familiar, right? That sounds like a Casey Mitchell, a Tariq Phillip, a Jay Sean Page. That's right in that ballpark. Okay? I thought I thought McNeil overall had a good first season with WBU, and the advanced statistics backed that up. He was only behind Oscar last season in offensive rating. On the flip side of that, he was only ahead of Spencer Mackey in defensive rating. Okay, so but that's not what Huggins is asking Sean McNeil to do. His his shot robot's role last season when he was in the game was to put the ball in the basket. And he was moderately successful at that. His I call him the shot robot because the shot looks like the Honda robot. Like it looks like it should go in every time. It's a really good looking jump shot. He shot 33% from three. So for a shot robot, that's a tad on the low side, but that was good enough for WVU's team last year, who was not really good at three-point shooting. He was second best behind the other junior college guard that came in, Taz Sherman. But let's think about this. If he's truly the shot robot, just to give you a comparison, all right, do you have a, a lap a laptop? I did not get shocked there. <laughs> do you have a work laptop? Uh, if you don't, keep listening and just trust what I'm saying. I have a work laptop. Uh, when you have your laptop plugged in at the office, it works like it's supposed to. You know, there's software updates. You're plugged in all the time. It automatically goes into your computer. It's done like magically when you leave the office and you're in good shape, right? But it's a laptop. So sometimes if you work offsite, you got to unplug the computer, take it with you. And when it's away from the office, for whatever reason, it's missing these network wide updates that automatically install stuff. The magic that happens overnight, it doesn't happen but you, because your computer's not plugged in at work, right? So what happens when you get back to the office? Now, you got to catch up on updates. And because you're catching up on the software updates, the computer starts slow. I tell you all of that to say last season for the shot robot, 
you know, junior college was the shot robots office the previous year, moved to a new office and shot robot last year was getting the basketball updates he needed coming from junior college. And so everything is downloaded, right? In theory, <laughs> he has the most current software, the most, you know, the most up-to-date security and, and things to make a robot that plays basketball run smoothly. So I picture McNeil coming off the bench this season and his role still the same as last year. Like, hey, shot robot, shoot the ball and put it in the basket. And I think he's equipped to do that. Can he shoot 35% from three, which is just a little bit better than last year? On more attempts this year? I think it can absolutely do that. You know, when you think about Shot Robot and Sean McNeil, the only other guy that I think has a defined role like Sean McNeil on this team is Gabe. Gabe Osaboyan. Oh, gosh, I don't know if I'm saying his name right. But they have the most defined roles for the team. Right? I mean, like, hey, Gabe, play defense, get loose balls, go 300%, and when Derek or Oscar are in foul trouble or need a breather, you step in and go hard, right? Shot Robot, hey, when you go in, just make threes, okay? And provide spacing for our offense that we desperately need. Like, that's his role. He has a defined role, so I like that. He knows what he's what his role is on the team. And so, based on... All those guys I was talking about, their jump from year one to year two, there's no reason that Sean McNeil can't make that jump this year. And so I'm excited for Shot Robot 2.0. I hope you are too. And that's, again, as I've been saying every week, all this excitement is based on the assumption that basketball will be played in the year 2020-2021 at the college level. I can confirm with my own eyes, as this is being recorded, that the NBA, they're playing basketball in a bubble in Orlando, Florida. Games are happening. So you can de definitively say the NBA played games during the quarantine. Until it happens anywhere in college sports, uh... <laughs> That's a that is that is only an assumption. That being said, I'm excited for Shot Robot 2.0. Random thoughts coming up. Dire Prime is the lead sponsor of Unreasonable Doubt. Dire Prime Creative Group. Let me tell you my experience with Dire Prime. They've been a great sponsor of this podcast and they've helped with the logo of this podcast. I said, hey, I need a logo for the podcast. They're like, we got you. And then they came up with the design. And I was like, that's awesome. And then he said, we can put it on a t-shirt. I was like, really? And they can do that. And then later on, there's like, hey, we can do embroidery of your logo. I was like, embroidery? They said, yeah. Family-owned, veteran-owned company. Let them help you. I love Dyer Prime. You'll love them too. Call or text them to find out more. 304-767-4445.
Find them on the web at dyerprime.com, D-Y-E-R-P-R-I-M-E.com, or find them on Facebook or Instagram at dyerprime. Random thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Mentioned earlier the idea of giving you, the audience, the opportunity to choose what was talked about on this episode. Also opened up the opportunity, and this is always available. If you click, you know, I mentioned the show notes each episode for the merch, but also in the show notes is a link to send me a voice message. And you can send me a voice message and... If you send me a voice message, uh, there's a good chance I'll put it on the podcast. And so I opened it up for questions, and I got some questions. I'm going to share those right now. Here's the first question. Uh, hi, my name is Fred. Will there be a college basketball season this year, you do you think? I really hope so. I have no idea. I mean, I guess the better question is, are there like plans being made? Are there ideas being thrown around? If you look at college football, they don't know what to do. So they're like shortening seasons and just making it conference games. I don't know. Like, does the, <laughs> I don't understand how that helps combat the concerns. I mean, it's just like we're just going to get if somebody gets sick, it's, it's going to be people who are in our conference when we play each other. I don't understand that one. I don't know. It's too early. I guess you can't do college basketball in a bubble. You can do a tournament in a bubble. Right. Can the college season be just a basketball tournament? Like instead of 68 teams, we have. 356 teams and just do like a round, not a round robin, but just like same rules apply, except everybody gets in for this season. And okay. That sounds crazy. 356 teams in one place in a bubble. Okay. Again, somebody, okay. I'm just, I'm, I'm throwing out an idea here. I don't, I don't have the answer, but hopefully these conversations are happening as much as they can happen, given the information at the end of July. I don't know. I don't know. Hey, Josh, this is Randy. What's it been like doing a sports podcast with no sports? I mean, I reckon they're back now, but there's been months when there's been absolutely no sports. So what's it been like, pal? It's been challenging. Uh, I don't want to, you know... I guess I can peel back the curtain and let you know. The way I've handled doing a sports podcast without sports is doing characters with terrible voices. And they're probably terrible characters. Not this week. But in the past, I've just tried to do like different voices. That's how I've done a sports podcast. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you're listening. How, how, what is, whatever the end product is, that's what it's like. 
That's what it's like doing a sports podcast without any sports. Hello. My name is George, and I really like sunflower seeds. And with baseball being out of the picture, I keep going to my local convenience store looking to see if sunflower seed prices are going to go down. They never go down. Uh, You know, baseball's back, but I think the rules are you can't spit seeds during a pandemic. I guess I'm asking, Josh, how come the price of sunflower seeds isn't going down? I'm trying to get a deal on some seeds. Some bright spots in this pandemic, you know what I mean? I don't know. Hello, Josh, I'm Teddy. Who's going to lead the team in scoring this season? I don't know. I have no idea. You would think Oscar. But you could also think Deuce. And you could also think... Ooh. You could all... Culver's right there. I'm going to go with the Oscar. I, I don't know. Oscar? Hi, it's Timmy. Why isn't there a cat the bounty hunter? <laughs> There's dog the bounty hunter. Why isn't there a cat the bounty hunter? <laughs> In these times? Let's see. Cat the bounty hunter. Okay, there's apparently a lot of memes for Cat the Bounty Hunter. There's a Dog the Bounty Hunter episode called Cats and Dogs, where Dog goes after a fugitive named Cats. So, I, but, I mean, Donald, what are we doing? Josh, it's Tony. What's a worse shortage, a coin shortage or a TP shortage? (laughs) As much as people explain it, as much as I read on the internet, I don't understand either shortage as it was happening. The toilet paper shortage uh, was worse because you're scouring the internet. It's like one of those things that the run on toilet paper, right? And then you're scrambling. There's different ways that you can do what toilet paper does, right? And yet, you just want toilet paper. So I did, that one was worse. On the coin shortage, the reaction of businesses of like, well, just round up. <laughs> and we'll donate it to charity or whatever. Hey, this is, I don't have a coin shortage. You have a coin shortage. How about round down? Oh, you want me to round up? How about you round down? $8.99, I give you a Lincoln and three Washingtons and I'm out of here. Okay? Everybody's hurting, but the shortage is not on me. I have my dollar bills here mr jackson is with me all right so if it's 
if it's 1601 and I give you uh, Mr. Jackson, then I want four crisp George Washingtons. Round down. Hey, bud, it's Terry. Seen a picture of you recently. I guess there's no good way to put this. Do you eat your anxiety? It sure looks like it. What do you think? I mean, you've seen the, apparently you've seen a picture. What do you think? You know, have a routine. My routine involves having dessert after every meal. Final thoughts coming up. Final thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Have you watched some NBA? The NBA is back. I'm enjoying basketball. It's weird because everybody, there's no home court, even though there is a home team for each of these games. And to signify that it's a home team, you get like your logo on the court in some cases. In other cases, you have your Zoom fans displayed on the screen the big gigantic screen that's in the bleachers instead of humans but you don't hear them really you just see them like moving their arms and stuff or in a normal crowd that are that are at the game they're checking their phone i don't know i mean they're going to not really there's no home team okay so let's stop doing that and then also uh, they're playing a few games before they get into a playoff situation. If you're the lower seed when there's not a pandemic or a higher seed, if you're the one seed, then you get home corner advantage. Guess what? Everybody's in the same place. Everybody has a home court advantage because everybody's at home and home being the bubble in Orlando. So how do you fix that? I guess if you are the higher seed, if you have a better record, then you start the game for nothing. I don't know. You could, um, you get an extra timeout. You, for the last two minutes of each quarter, you get an extra player. I don't know. I'm spitballing here. There's got to be an advantage we're in the bubble. We're doing, you know, we're doing the Zoom players, or we're doing the Zoom fans. We're doing, you know, the, we got the, you know, sometimes it looks like a video game because they've got that camera that's on like a, a railroad track along the side there. I mean, all these, and they pumped all this money into it, uh, and then, but the the regular season before the bubble. People were winning games with the idea that this is going to give us an advantage. Maybe for the first game, the head coach of the lower seed doesn't get to be there. Or they have to wear their their mask over their eyes and coach the game without vision. There's got to be a way. I don't know what's the right way. I'm just I'm just throwing out some ideas. All right. For one game, the higher the the lower seed has to wear Crocs. I mean, let's just let's let's talk about it. 
Let's give the team the team that wins more games should have an advantage. Let's talk about the advantage. Okay. The three-point line is is shorter for the whole series for the lower seed. Just just something. Let's work on that, NBA. I know there's a lot going on. You're doing a great job keeping all the players COVID-free. Have the wins mean something. All right? That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Listen on all the platforms. Or just pick one. Apple's a good one. Apple Podcast. Spotify is a good place to listen. Another place, a good, uh, another good place to listen. Gasbox. Rate the podcast five stars on Apple Podcast. That I think helps the podcast. Until next week, I'm Josh Witt. This has been Unreasonable Doubt. WBU for the 2020-2021 season is zero and zero.